Hello and welcome to the Family Brand Podcast. My name is Chris. I'm a husband, a father, and an entrepreneur. My name's Melissa, and I am a wife, mother, former nurse turned real estate investor. And we believe the greatest gift you can give your child is a last name that stands for something. Your last name is your family's brand. If you are a parent who wants to raise your child to know who they are, love who they are, and believe in who they are, this show is for you. We promise to bring you real and authentic conversations with parents and experts who are committed to making their family their life's most important work. This show will help you take a stand for your family and to raise your children by design, not default. Welcome back, Chris and Melissa. And we just want to say, so this is the first podcast that we have recorded since we actually launched our podcast. And we are so grateful to you. So thank you so much for listening and sharing Uh, reviewing. like We're so appreciative of each of you and the encouragement and support that you've given us. Yeah, it's actually been a little bit overwhelming. We launched on, what was it? It's Friday right now. Was it on Monday? Monday, yeah. So Monday was our official launch. And yeah, it's just been overwhelming, the amount of love and support. We reached number two in the kids and family category. And then this morning we were climbing up in the top parenting podcast of all time on, uh, on Apple. Is that right? Yep. We're just like really humbled and grateful and excited to keep creating more. Yeah. And just the fact that we, that so many of you are saying what a difference it's, it's making and it's already made. And, and for those of you who are joining us for the first time, uh, welcome. Today's episode is uh, really fun and different in the sense that it's the first episode we've done that's uh, time sensitive. I think uh, all the other episodes we've done are pretty, they're principles that you know could be relevant anytime, but this is specifically around the upcoming end of the year and the upcoming beginning of a new year. And we want to share something that we started experimenting with maybe a few years ago, several years ago. And it's just a really cool, fun, powerful way to bring the year to a close and acknowledge the year um, and acknowledge yourself because of you know this year that you've just brought to a close. And it's also a really exciting way to leap into the new year with some momentum and, and excitement. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of times we're looking so forward to the new year that we forget to maybe reflect on what's happened in the past year. And I think this year especially, it feels really important <laughs> to, with everything that's been going on and, you know, it's been such a weird year, it'll, it'll be really important for families, I think even kids especially, to maybe have some introspection about the year. Yeah, if there was ever a year to review... <laughs> As a family, my goodness, 2020 would be the year. Yeah, like what? Well, I'm excited because we haven't officially done. You know, we do this every year, but we haven't uh, done it yet. So to review with our children, like, and so we just wanted to share this with you. We also are going to share with you what I believe is the coolest, most fun way as a family to celebrate New Year's. Uh, we experimented with something new the last couple of year, New, new Year's Eve, and I would say, I don't know, what Melissa would say, but I would say they've been our most successful, but also just most enjoyable and fun by far of New Year's Eve parties or traditions we've ever had. Yeah. I think last year was actually the first year that we did what we're going to tell you about later, but I think it was my favorite, my favorite New Year's. So we'll get, we'll get into that. Okay. Now full disclaimer, we are now living in Hawaii. You've heard, if you've listened to the other podcast episodes that we were about to move there. And the reason I say full disclaimer is we live in the country, um, up in a, in a town called Pupakea and it's up the hill from Pipeline and Sunset Beach, some of the most famous surf spots in the world. We live on the North Shore of Oahu. But being that we live in the country, there are wild roosters everywhere. Yes. 
And so there is a real likelihood that in this episode and future episodes, you might hear some roosters in the background because um, that's that's where we're at and you can't get away from them. Yeah, we were going to record this episode a couple hours ago and that would have been like right right as the sun was coming up. But Chris is like, we can't record it right now. There's like <laughs> roosters non-stop every morning. They start going off about four in the morning. Yeah. And they go till about seven. Oh my gosh. The first week it... Um, it woke me up. I was up like every day from like at four o'clock because they were just so loud, but we're getting used to it now. Kind of like living next to a train. You eventually just don't hear the train mm-hmm. anymore. Well, let's talk about how to really honor 2020 as a family and really like take away some incredible insights and valuable lessons. And again, one, one of my favorite quotes, and I think I've mentioned this on other episodes is by Steve Jobs. He says, we never connect the dots looking forward. We always connect the dots looking backwards. But I know for me, that's not in my nature. My nature is always like charging ahead onto the next thing. It's really, it's really rare for me and not natural for me to pause and reflect. But I really believe in what he says. Like you, if you've heard our episode on roots and family history, like it's important to know where we come from and the answers are in the past. So this is really an opportunity to do that, to pause and connect some of the dots from 2020. Another thing that Melissa and I talk about a lot is I think it's really uncommon for us as human beings to, to acknowledge ourselves for the good that we've done and to acknowledge ourselves for the things we've accomplished. It seems like we're hardwired to only find evidence for all the things that we're bad at or all the things we failed at. And it's not as normal for us to find evidence for why we're amazing and why we've really done some incredible things and had some really incredible accomplishments. And so one of the things that uh, we do with each of our children, Melissa and I do with each other, do it with each of our children and I do it as a family, is this kind of like the year in review? And there's just some powerful questions that we that we wanted to share with you. Um, some new ones, actually, that we've thought of this year. And yeah, unless you want to share some of the ones that you were thinking of. Well, what I want to share is just to follow up with what you were saying is this year, how you're talking about it's really easy for people to find evidence of why they're not doing enough. You know, the, I think this year, just to highlight that again, that this year would be the year that you could very easily find all of the, all of those reasons. It'd be so easy. So again, I think this, this is an important exercise too. So some of the questions that we are going to ask our family this year are like, what were some of the hardest things that you overcame this year? Yeah. I think that one's important because I, what now to just give some context, some of these questions are aligned with our family's brand, like our family values. And one of our family values, our first family values, Smiths do hard things. And that's really important to us, Melissa and I individually, is, is to see ourselves as people that can do hard things, but also to ho- hopefully help our children shape their identity and see themselves as someone that can do hard things. And I think it'd be powerful to ask, yeah, like, so what are some, for Melissa and I to ask that of each other and ourselves, but also have our kids, yeah, I did overcome some hard things this year. Like I got through it. <laughs> that says something about me. Another one that I thought that we were going to ask this year is what were some of the, what was something that you were afraid of, but you did it anyways? And one of my good friend, Richie Norton, just posted this week on social media about fears. Like the only way, the only way around it is through it. You have Mm -hmm. to face your fears. And we've been talking with Ivy recently, our eight-year-old. I noticed something recently with Ivy with, if she's attempting something new, like a backflip, like she's trying to land her back tuck right now or surfing here in Hawaii. I've noticed that sometimes Ivy has this tendency that if she's afraid of it, she thinks that means that she shouldn't do it and that she won't do it until she's no longer afraid of it. And I know that fear can be a healthy thing and can keep us safe, but Ivy and I have come up with this little saying lately, like, do it scared. Mm-hmm. Like, what if you're afraid and you do it anyways? And I think it's really 
a valuable thing to look at in 2020. What were some of the things you were afraid of, but you did them anyways, or to ask that of your, of your kids? What? So this goes to one of our family values. One of our family, um, probably our family. It's our family. We would refer to it as like our family vision statement. Yeah, Our family vision statement is, um, we want to elevate and inspire others. So we are going to ask our family, what did we do to elevate and inspire others this year? Another one of our family values is Smith's RE team. And that was actually our word for the year, which we'll get into a little bit more of how to, how to create a word for the year. So our word was team. And how did we show up like a team this year? Another one is... Um, like, what are you looking most forward to in the coming year? Yeah. And I think, well, I also think you had a couple more still that were really good on the year in review. Like, what are you most grateful for this mm-hmm. year? Um, it, you know, even giving your kids space to talk about like, what did you not like about 2020 for them to really feel like they can share? Like, yeah, totally. this was hard for me. I didn't mm-hmm. like this. Uh, the biggest lessons you learned in 2020, the biggest struggles or challenges. Again, we've talked about that. And, and it's more, the year in review is mostly again, to focus on what was good about the year, what we're grateful for and to acknowledge ourselves, not find all this evidence for why we didn't do enough and why things aren't working. And it is still important though, to create space for, we believe our kids to share, like, yeah, I didn't like this about, and I'm sure there'll be plenty of things to talk about in 2020 about what they didn't like and what that was like for them. Yeah. So I think any, any good, so what we're, we're setting up for this new year's Eve, like party, I guess they're going to have, but I think, um, any, anything that we're going to do, Looking forward is again, we have to look back first. So, but now that you've like, after you've kind of looked back in the year, the next thing to do is to look forward. And it's how the way we like to do that. Um, we think about, okay, who, so who do we want to be in the new year? What's something that we want to focus on as a family? And we even ask the kids, like, what's something that you feel like our family could benefit from in the coming year? How do we want to show up as a family? Like, and, and, and it's been amazing. Like I, I would say that every single one of our children every year, we ask them individually and we do it collectively. They have some really amazing insights. They'll tell you like, oh yeah, I thought our family did this really well this year. And I thought our family didn't do this and we could, we could be better at this. Yeah. The even the little year. ones. Yeah. They'll have, they always have something to say. I love it. And let's talk about what prompted the idea that you had a few years ago where instead of setting a lot of family goals around the years, we would pick more of these family themes and then pick a word that we wanted to embody. And that's really, that's really worked for us. Yeah. That is what we've done the last probably, I don't know, six years, maybe five or six years, because I think I'd read an article just stating the power of just setting your focus to like a narrow, like more of a narrow focus. So it was just choosing a word for the year. And that word is just something that kind of guides you throughout the year, like what you want to improve on and focus on rather than a long list of goals that Chris or I always forgot about or didn't accomplish or, you know, was more of like a guilt thing. We've really loved just choosing a word and having that word kind of guide us through the year. Yeah. That word is like, really, it is, it serves as a guide. And we talk about it throughout the year and it's really like, how do we embody this as a family? And then I think the second year, we had the idea of having each of us individually choose a word. So now, uh, after we've done this kind of year in review, it really sets up beautifully of like, hey, if this is what we thought about 2020 and what went well and things we overcame and things we want to improve on, then again, who do we want to be in 2021? How do we want to show up as a family? What's important to us? And then what's a word 
that really captures that. And we usually start with by like putting like five to eight words up. And even ask, yeah, asking everyone, what do you think? What a word, do you have any words that come to mind that you could, you think would benefit us? And then from there, we, we narrow it down to a word that we think would make the biggest difference for us. But then we do the same for each of us individually. So every, every year, each of us now has a word and we share that with each other. And <laughs> it's fun because sometimes, you know, mine, mine this year was present and playful. And I chose a phrase and there was times where obviously I wasn't present and playful and my family would remind me in a really kind of funny way. Like I'd be grumpy or something, or I'd be on my phone too much. And my kids would be like, dad, present, present and playful. playful. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd want to be like, oh man, it was like, I'd want to like, be like, don't, don't call me out like that. But it was so good. And I'd, I couldn't I had do anything but laugh. Um, but it was a re- it's a really fun exercise to do. And you can do one on just some one on one interviews with your kids and kind of do all of this in, in an individual interviews with your kids about the year in review. Hey, what's important to you in 2021? What are some words you think embody that? And then one of the things that, that we started doing is once we had our word for the year to kind of memorialize that word or really cement it into our into our hearts and minds was we then either pick a quote or a scripture that we felt like really embodied the word. And we'd recite that every morning as part of our kind of morning routine when we say our family values. And then Melissa's been genius at like gamifying it and making it really fun. So talk about like... It's very generous. Yeah. Well, I think it is. I think it is genius. Talk about like... So in 2019, our word was kindness. Kind-hearted. Kind-hearted. Being kind. Yeah. And so Melissa came up with this concept of kindness cash in the Smith Kindness Store. Yeah. So it was just this idea that every day at the end of the day, it was this chart and you kind of knew where you ended up on the chart based on, you know, if you were being kind or if you were teasing or antagonizing, you might move up and down on the chart. I kind of stole the idea from like something you might see in, in a school or something. But at the end of the day, everyone got cash based on where they ended up. On kindness cash. Yes. Kindness, not actual cash. This little fake cash. Um, and then at the end of the week I had this store and the, and in the store they could exchange their cash for, I tried to do a lot of not just like stuff, but a lot of like stay up 15 minutes later or have like a tea party one, one night or get your fingernails painted, just like little, little activities like that, that they would exchange their kindness cash for. So that was really fun. The kids really looked forward to that. Yeah, and I thought one of the things that really worked for that is it wasn't like toys in the kindness store. It was experiences. Yeah. Like like Melissa said, and then like ice cream or like you could save up a lot of kindness cash and go to a sports game, like a, mm-hmm. a professional sports game, you know, if you want to save up that much. But the other genius um, idea around it that I, we, we didn't intend, but I thought was really cool was it also gave our kids like sense of budgeting mm-hmm. and money. It's like, oh, do I really, do I want to spend like five, five, five kindness bucks on... Um, an ice cream cone or do I want to save up for like six months and go to this bigger experience? So there was this like unintended like consequence and benefit. Yeah, totally. And the kids had fun with it, you know, and and they knew like there was no surprise at the end of the day. They already knew like based on how they'd shown up in the family and if they really were kind. And I don't want to put pressure on someone. They feel like they have to do that every day. There was, we'd go weeks and forget about it. You know, it wasn't, but it was just something that the kids could look forward to. And then this year, and so then when we did our year in review in 2019, we just as a family felt like being a team is something that we could really work on, like just more focus on being a family unit and really showing up as a team. So that's what we chose as our word. And Melissa, again, had the genius idea of 
hey, let's let's create some fun around this. And she had an Amazon a trophy made on Amazon that was like five bucks. Yeah, it was really inexpensive. But yeah, we had it um, engraved to say Smith Family or Smith Family Team MVP on it, and and so how <laughs> <laughs> I have so many. This is hilarious. This and we're still undecided if this was a great idea, but <laughs> we're going to share it anyway. Because it was fun. It was fun. Okay. So every week we, so if to be the MVP, it was like voted on by everyone. And it was like, who really showed up that week as a team player? Like who was there when someone needed help and who is there like pitching in to support someone when they had something big, you get the idea. But, (laughs) but every, so, and then we would vote on it every week. And then that person would be presented with the trophy from the prior week's winner. And the reason like why everyone wanted to win it is because we do every night before bed. Well, most nights before bed, we have like what we call a 15 minute pickup where we just kind of pick up the house for 15 minutes. And the winner of that week was excluded from the 15 minute pickup all week long, all week long. So it was intense. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's so actually in the beginning, Melissa and I were the only ones that chose the winner. And we did that for like a month or two. And the pressure was like, the kids would be like, why? You know? And I was like, oh, this is not, we're not running um, a democracy or <laughs> whatever you want to call it here. Like, and it always felt awkward when we, if Melissa and I legitimately felt like we were the MVP that week. Again. <laughs> yeah. We, we just trade off weeks and we'd sometimes joke with our kids. Like one of us had already won it and we'd say we were the winner and they'd all freak out. We'd be like, okay, just kidding. One of you won it. But then, so we switched and everyone, which I, you know, it was pretty obvious, like most weeks, it wasn't ever like even really close. Like it was pretty clear winner. And in the beginning, every week there'd be tears because they didn't win the trophy. So like, I, yeah, we're not sure if this is like building our kids identity and character. They're going to be talking about this someday in therapy sessions. <laughs> like there's this MVP trophy and I never got it, but everyone did get it. Everyone got it and got it pretty, <laughs> Eventually. you know, um, but I also really love that idea of like, yeah, not everyone, you know, gets a trophy just because you are here. It's like, it really is around how you show up and we try to make it fun. And, and our kids did have fun with it and they ask about it all the time. And like, and then, you know, it, it got to be kind of funny if someone went out of their way to do something kind for someone and, and we acknowledged them like, Oh, you know, Ivy, that was so kind. You did that for Indy. She'd start shouting MVP. <laughs> <laughs> and they, I feel like though towards the end, everyone really did come together. Like, for example, you know, if trip, the five-year-old won it, the bigger boys would like throw them up on their shoulders and we'd all chant. Trip would hold the MVP trophy up in the air and we'd all chant. Yeah. MVP. Yeah. In the beginning, every week there was tears towards the end. People were genuinely happy Happy for each other. other. So just to, just to recap up till now. So the year in review really does give you a lot of really cool insights into the year ahead. And yeah, just encourage you to, you know, maybe, maybe this year try and, and identify a, a theme or a word um, that would make a difference for you and let all of your family have a say in it. And then, you know, a, attach a quote or a scripture or something and, and recite that, recite your, your word and uh, your, your theme, your quote, you know, every day, have it up in your home, have the word up in your home, maybe put a little game or a contest around it. And it will really encourage you to like embody that. And it doesn't mean that even throughout the year, you couldn't switch your word or switch the theme, but just that intention that you as a family are kind of, we've all got our individual words, but we all have this thing we're driving together towards as a family. It's just been really fun. It made a real difference for us. Yeah. 
It really has. And then I just want to re- recap though, that if you already have some established family values and like a mission statement, again, some of the questions you're asking your kids on the year in review can really support that. And also the, the word or the theme you choose for the year ahead could be aligned with your current family brand or mission or values that you have. Last thing I want to share with that is this is something that we do that whatever our, we kind of have our core five or six family values, whatever the word is that year becomes the rotating value for the year. So, th- so in 2019, Smith's our team wasn't one of our family values, but in 2020, we added that as one of the family values, Smith's our team. But now I like it so much that I just keep it. In. I think we'll just keep it. The problem is we're probably going to try and add uh, that every year. And, and then in 10 years, we'll, we'll have like, like 30 family values. Okay. Um, New Year's Eve. Okay. Yes. I'll, I want to start talking about New Year's Eve, our process last year, because it was, it was so fun. So we wanted to try something completely different than we had done in the past, because I feel like New Year's is such a great opportunity to like spring forward and launch into the new year. I just like love the freshness and the newness that a new year brings. But I felt like a lot of times our New Year's Eve activities, I would just wake up on New Year's, you know, we just go out to a friend's house and never like see the kids. And I just wake up the next morning, just tired and just not really feeling like I'd started my year like powerfully. So what we aim to do is to maybe change that. And so what we did was we thought of another family we could invite that would also be game to do something different. And it ended up um, that this family that we wanted to invite, they lived out of town. And so they drove into town and they have five kids as well. Like almost exactly all of our kids' ages. Yeah. And their names are Smith as well. And they're some of our best friends. They're awesome. No relation. No relation. But the kids, like I said, get along so well. They were all so excited that the Smiths were coming into town and they stayed with us a couple of nights. This was back when you could like have people like stay at your house and stuff. But um, so they came and we planned like I planned like a nice dinner. And then Shauna, um, the mom and I had planned an award ceremony and it was super simple. Like I was actually making dinner and Shauna was like putting it together in the little our um, office. But basically I had brainstormed prior with Chris, like what, what are some little awards that we could give each of our kids this year? So everyone was going to get one award certificate and it was going to be for something that we felt like they had done well this in the past year. And so I guess this is kind of another review piece of the conversation too, but some of the examples might be the person that was the most determined or the person that, you know, maybe they started at a new school and they made new friends. So um, maybe they were the most courageous or the most friendly or, you know, each person in the family is going to have their own specific challenges and things that they, that they accomplished or that they did. Um, But just making each thing really specific to each person in the family. Yeah. And I think I remember you saying it was really important to you that the awards weren't based around like, most athletic or best at tumbling, like that, that's fine too. But it was really important to you that these awards are based more on who they are and their character and like how they showed up. Yeah. That was really important to me that it wasn't something about them that was going to necessarily change. Like you're saying, it wasn't going to be something physical, but it's something about who they are as a person. Um, so we put the, together those award certificates and then we had, we had a nice dinner and then we had this kind of awards ceremony. And what we did for the awards ceremony was so simple. 
but we so we just all sat down together and we had each kid one by one we brought them up to the front of the room and we presented them with their award certificate and in the presentation we kind of just explained a little bit more why they were being awarded this gift or this the gifts we saw in them i guess that and the reasons why we thought they should receive this certificate and it was so cute to watch every single one of them light up like even our even our bigger boys who are teenagers, preteens, um, they just lit up, like being acknowledged like that in front of everyone. And it just took like a minute or two at the most, but they were so like proud, I guess, of who, of who they were and just to be acknowledged and seen for the good that they're doing in the world. Yeah. I didn't, and I didn't know that Melissa and Sean had even come up with that idea until right before they did it. And it was super simple. Like you guys found just a free certificate template online. Yeah. Right. That you could just type someone's name in and then type they were edit you could edit them, type what they're what they're receiving the award for. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you would have thought like I was watching there was 10 kids, you know, because they have five, we have five, but you would have thought these kids were winning like Olympic gold medal. <laughs> it was amazing. But you think about it, how good does it feel to really be acknowledged for who you are? Like and seen for who you are. You know, and that's a big thing that we talk about a lot in family brand is like part of the culture we want to create and inspire people to create in their homes is a culture where each individual member of the family is seen and valued for who they are. And yeah, I thought it was so cool. Yeah. I'm excited to do it again this year and really acknowledge each individual member of the family. Totally. And parents included parents got an award too. So I presented one to Chris and then I told him to present one to me. <laughs> I don't even remember what it was, but it was fun. Yeah. And and again, like it, it was a fun, it, the night was so fun. Again, like we had a really good dinner, really yummy snacks and just the kids were playing, but they were totally down to participate in uh, in the award ceremony. And then the award ceremony was a really cool way to kick off uh, the next part of the New Year's Eve, which was, we called it the vision board party. And so we all created, we all created vision boards um, and Melissa ahead of time made sure and have plenty of magazines there and things for people to cut out and had, had poster boards for, for each individual person. So we'll kind of tell you our approach and strategy, like a couple different ways that we attempted vision boards. But after the award ceremony, we then did the, the vision board party. Yeah. So the vision boards, we, this was not our first year to do vision boards, but it was our first year to do vision boards on New Year's Eve. Um, so what we do historically for the vision boards is I like, I love just pulling things out of magazines. I think it's so fun. So I save up some magazines throughout the year and what this board, what we want it to be is just the upcoming year, just what you think, maybe things you want to accomplish, the type of person you want to be, maybe things you want to have, just all of that. You just kind of throw it up on a board and it becomes, you know, and you hang it in a place where you see it often and it just becomes something that is, you know, top of mind, like as often as you see it. And before we do the boards, we already know our word. Mm-hmm. So each of us find, you know, some of the kids got really creative and cut out like different colored shaped letters, you know, and put their word together. Some people just found their word in a magazine. So everyone puts their word at the top. And then each of us do our own individual boards. Then Melissa and I do a couple's board. And Melissa makes, of course, he's make, you know, she makes them look really cute. She has hers, ours, mine. And then she puts a border around them and puts Very them cute. together. <laughs> <laughs> and then the kids have each of theirs. And then last year we actually did a family board. So we 
those are the three types of boards that we have individually. Melissa and I have one as a couple and then our collective family. So those are the types of boards. Now the approaches we've taken is historically we would just like Melissa said, it's like, well, what do I want to accomplish? Um, who do I want to be? And we find things that represent that. So I, I kind of created my vision board based on a picture that I already had in mind. Mm-hmm. But then Melissa's real estate uh, mentor and coach, um, Deb, who's amazing. I think about a month before and you might've been sharing with her this idea and she gave you a totally different thought around how to approach a vision board that I thought was really fun that we experimented with. And some of it's actually, I'll, I'll share about Hawaii, but share, share the approach that we tried that another, another way to do a vision board. Yeah. So Deb had explained to me that her approach to vision boarding was just very, well, she basically didn't have an approach. It was just like from, intuitive. from the heart. Yeah. Like intuitive. So she would kind of start the same way. Like she just, but she wouldn't go into it with any preconceived idea of what she was going to put on the board. It would be just like, okay, I'm going to flip through these magazines. And then any picture that calls to me for whatever reason, I'm not going to judge the like, well, no, like, I don't, I don't know why. Like, that's kind of weird. Like, nope. If it calls to you, it goes on the board. And that was her approach. And she shared with me that um, one year in particular, she ended up something like on her board, there was like this mask, like a masquerade type mask. And there was like an Eiffel tower or just some like really random things. But what ended up happening for her this year is she met someone in a paint store that overheard her talking about renovating a property. And they were like, Oh, I need a property renovated, but I live in France. Do you want to come to France? And so she ended up going to France and then she got invited to a masquerade. (laughs) party in France. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Um, we, so we did try that this year. We didn't have anything as crazy as that this year, but it was, it was interesting to approach it. We kind of did like a mashup of both ideas a little bit. We talked about beforehand what we wanted to put on our board. And if there were any pictures that just kind of stood out to us, those went on the board, but I know you had something on your board that really stood out to you. Like, Oh, interesting. Yeah. And so just, just for context, when we did our New Year's Eve party in, at the end of 2019, Hawaii wasn't even a thought. <laughs> like, like it wasn't even a distant thought. No. We had not put anything in motion. We hadn't even talked about it. Like we had no intention of leaving Gilbert and selling our home. But I was flipping through some magazines and I saw this really cool picture that had... Um, a mountain in the background and then this ocean wave. And it said from the shore to the summit and it just called to me. And I was thinking about, you know, Deb's advice. And at first I was like, oh, I don't know why I would put that on. And I almost didn't, but then Deb's like, you can't judge it. If it calls to you, it goes on your vision board. So I put it on the vision board. And then another image was of, it just shows, a, it just shows hands um, mending and kneading some, like you can tell it's like a sourdough. And it just looks like really like artisan and craftsmanship. And and you just see like the person's apron and that's all you see. And for some reason I was like, it just called me. I love the picture. Mm-hmm. So I put it on there and there's others, but those two in particular. So fast forward several months later and uh, Tate, our oldest son, his aunt Ashley, um, who's married to Melissa's brother, gave Tate some sourdough starter. And Tate like, I don't know, like, it's like, well, I guess at this time in his life, it's like one of his callings in life. Mm-hmm. Like he has become really gifted at making sourdough bread from scratch. Like he's taken that starter and experimented with it and built on it. And like, and then a really good 
friend of mine and a, an acquaintance in business, and I'm a member of his mastermind, Jason Gaynard, saw one of my posts and did like just the kindest gesture, sent Tate some like amazing equipment, like all the equipment you would need to really do sourdough from scratch. And then his mentor Tate and like poured into him. And Tate is like, he's really good, right? He's really good. And really intuitive and really talented. And like he's 13 and he makes it completely from scratch and he experiments and he's like, given, he's given other, like he's given like older women who's like sourdough starter and help them get started. <laughs> it's just hilarious. He brings it. I have this funny picture that I took of him. We were at Chris's office um, just having a little, a little family meeting, I guess you could call it. And um, the timing of the sourdough that day was it needed to be tended to like every 30 minutes. And so Tate brought his sourdough to the office and, his timer kept going off and he'd be like, hold on. I got to, t- <laughs> I got to tend to my sourdough. I was like, oh, Tate, you should have gotten a babysitter for and your sourdough. He, and he's named his starter Theo, Theodosia. Theodosia. <laughs> so, but like, it's like so crazy. Like I, and I've made some sourdough with him and I think it's fun and I'm getting a little more into it, but I was like, it just called to me. And then from the shore to the summit, right? Like we have gone to a lot of mountains this year. We've gone to a lot of national parks and then we ended up, living on the shore. Like we moved to Hawaii and it wasn't even until like hindsight that I looked at it. I was like, Oh my gosh, from the shore to the summit. So, but the vision boards just is a really, really fun way. Like I said, to kick, like, I want to, I want to bring the year to a close in a way that doesn't have me feeling like oh, I didn't do enough. And what should I have done? I want to bring the year to a close in a way that has me really feeling like, wow, like I can really acknowledge myself for what I've done and what I've overcome and what I've accomplished and how I showed up in the world. And yeah, I, can identify areas that I want to improve on, but, and then I want to like leap into the new year with like momentum and energy. And for us, just the combination of, you know, the year interview, the word for the year and the vision board and the award ceremony, it's just a really fun way to do it. And I'm really excited to do it again this year. We're, we're already working on recruiting a family or families to do it with us here in Hawaii. Right. Yeah. And um, just one thing I wanted to point out on my vision board, I guess, I think I mentioned it in the last episode, the phrase, the best is yet to come. I was looking at my vision board and I was like, it's on my vision board. I know that that was kind of a phrase that, like I mentioned, I've been going to a lot and it's on my vision board. So, well, that's wild too, because I, yeah, there's so much when you were sharing with me recently about how hard the sell of the house was and not doubting things, but like just having some second, second thoughts. Right. I shared that with you, mm-hmm. you know, the best is yet to come. And I didn't know that was on your, it's on my board. And it just, and the reason you cut it out was just, it called to you like that phrase, right? Yeah, I just did. Well, we are really, really excited for you to, yeah, put this into practice. And then also, unless you were going to, you had the idea maybe to help them like have a, a step-by-step yeah. way to follow this, right? Yeah, this is kind of a lot, a lot of information. So I thought it might be easier if we could put it together. So on our website, um, I'm just going to put it on the blog, just kind of break it down a little bit, a little bit, um, so you can just read it and then maybe even attach some like PDFs of like your little certificates that we used and stuff just to make it really easy if you want to, to recreate this with your family, which I would highly recommend. Like I said, it, you know, New Year's Day came and I was like, oh my gosh, look at like I already have this like clear view vision of 2020 and it just felt felt so good. So happy new year, Merry Christmas, and we'll see you next week. Hey there, thanks for listening to today's episode. To show our appreciation, we want to offer you a free gift. We have an incredible online course you can get now by going to familybrand.com or by following the link in the show notes. 
And while you're there at familybrand.com, be sure to follow us on social media so that we can go on this journey together. Lastly, if this podcast has impacted you, we ask that you share it with another powerful family in your life and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. We will see you in the next episode.